Good evening and welcome to Success in the City. My name is Helen Webster and I'm with the lovely Sandra Scott and our guest today is the fabulous who's on a time delay. <laughs> Philip Watson. Uh, hello everybody, my name is Phil. Hi, Amazing. Thank you, Phil, for joining us tonight. Um, and we will find out more and more about Phil in a minute. I think there is a slight little time laggy delay, so we're going to stop and then we're going to pause and then we're going to let each other speak just um, with techie issues tonight. But our very first thing that we always do is we celebrate the kids. OK, so to Phil, any little people who have done amazing things this week? Well, uh uh, I've got a lovely story because foster carer, which is why I'm talking to you all this evening, and the little man, as I refer to him throughout the evening, because I'm not going to give you his name, um, the little man this week, he's had a cracking week because I took him to the driving range at Netherley. Um, I, might, I don't know if that's advertising, but never mind. Other driving ranges are available. And I wasn't sure if his eye-hand coordination was going to be good. But I tell you what, we did on balls, he's, and he really got a good little whack on it. And he did hit it. He drove a golf ball over 100 yards. What a fantastic achievement. I'll tell you more about him later. That is an amazing achievement. 100 yards is a long, long way. That's, a, that's an amazing achievement for a little person. So big shout out to the little man. Well done. Amazing. Well yeah. done. Um, San, any little kids for you this week? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out to the little people who um, we had Gillian on, um, Gillian Watson on a long, long time ago with Kevin um, from An Alpha Others. And she was talking about all the young people they took on the ferry today. And I'm going to be doing a little activity with them next Tuesday, which I'm really looking forward to. And she was just telling me how fantastic they've been. And they had them on the ferry this afternoon and they did it. Kevin's doing a big positivity thing with them. So um, a shout out to all of the Alpha Others gang and look forward to seeing them on Tuesday next week. Brilliant. And I'm going to shout out to, it was Carrick's birthday yesterday, so shout out and a happy birthday to Carrick. And also, I've had two young people playing whack-a-ball today, and because it's summer holidays, people are going out and about and doing things. Um, and Ethan, it's his second week, and Kieran's been coming for a while, but Kieran's hand-eye coordination is improved immensely. And Ethan... For his second week, he's going to be a whack-a-ball champion. They're, they're both absolutely amazing. And it was lovely that, and so they absolutely just battered me. And, and you know, so um, they, they were just amazing. And their, their skill levels are just through the roof at the moment. And it's just lovely, lovely to see. So um, absolutely delighted to all the little people. Well done to you all. Cool. Okay. So we have a success of the week. Something amazing that's happened to you. Okay. So Sandra, we're going to go first with you. What amazing thing has happened to you this week? Well, I didn't bite the dentist, which was really good today because, um, so Phil, he doesn't know this story. So Phil, I am, I'm a very fortunate person. I've never had a filling. I've got, had my wisdom teeth out when I was 21 in hospital. That was dreadful. Um, I have a dental implant there and a tooth attached to it. That's the dental work of my life. And that's it. I've had teeth whitening years ago. End up. Phil's gone now. Great. Hopefully he'll come back. Phil will come back in again. Keep going, son. My story. Anyway, so um, I had a bit of pain like ages ago. And my mum said, oh, you need to go to the dentist because my mum was a dental nurse as her first job originally. So she's always been funny about my teeth and everything. So I said, fine. So she made an appointment for me at hair dentist by Chilwell Five Ways. So I went and they get the examine my teeth and everything. Hi, Phil. <laughs> they examined my teeth and everything. And um, it was okay. So they said, well, just come every six months. So that's what I do. So I went, but the first time I went, oh, I'm phobic of the dentist, which is obviously why I don't go to the dentist. And um, I went, but the man asked me a question. And I went and answered and he went, ah, and bit and I bit his hand. So every time I go, because yeah, he's a nice chatty chap. So he asks open questions. And I was like, so the whole time I was like, don't bite the dentist, don't bite the dentist, don't bite the dentist. So I had a win today. So that's my success. But there have been loads of successes this week. Things are moving up and we're out and about, which is fabulous. But that's my big success. I didn't bite Aaron the dentist. Well done, you. Amazing. Okay, so now Phil's back with us. We're going to ask Phil what his success, what happy thing has happened to Phil this week. This, this is going to sound very small and pathetic, but I successfully drove 
car that is automatic. I've never driven one before and um, used to the old gear change and we've got a new car, it's automatic. And um, I, I, kept, I kept braking when I should have been changing gears. I kept looking for the gears and I, and I, and I couldn't, anyway, the good news is the wonderful people of South Liverpool do not be in any fear. Phil can drive an automatic car all the way to the golf and back um, with a couple of kids in it successfully. To me, it was a big deal. That was fantastic. I've got an automatic. You never go back. It's just dead easy. Yeah. I know when I when I had my dad's automatic and, and your left leg's going like that, isn't it? And it's just, yeah, it's a bit, yeah. But yeah, cool. Well done, Phil. Amazing. And my success this week is it was sunny today. So we did our, we started our um, summer camps last week and we did Wednesday and Thursday, which is where we met Phil and we'll speak a little bit about. And it absolutely bounced down on the Wednesday and the Thursday. Weather forecast wasn't the greatest for today, but it was beautiful sunshine. So we went to Leamington and, and had an amazing morning and then we went to Croxus Park and had an amazing afternoon. So it was lovely um, that we were able to be dry today. You know, that was the, uh, yeah, that was the amazing thing. Okay, so we've got Phil Watson on our show tonight and Phil is going to explain everything that he does in a minute. But first, we're going to find out a little bit more about him and we're going to do this or that. Sani, are you going first or am I going first? You can go first today, Hal, if you don't mind. Okay, so first today for me is, okay, Superman or Batman? Um, Phil. Superman. Oh, too quick. Superman. Superman. The first time, don't worry. Why, Phil? Well, Superman was fostered. Batman was adopted. And I've got foster kids and adopted kids. But I, I'd go with the foster kid first. Genius. Son. Well, well um, Superman, Superman or Batman? Superman because um he flies now Batman leaps and things like that but but he uses all technical things to help him Superman can just go up up and away and he's off and he has the gift of flight which is the ultimate gift and I'm going to be really controversial and I'm going to go Batman because he's got loads of dead cool things yeah yeah so I'm going to okay go on son He's got a Volvo as well. Okay, so, yeah. Phil, German or French? Uh, German. German, I'm afraid. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go French because I've never spoke any German, I but I would like to go to Germany. Okay. What about you, Sam? Oh, French. <laughs> Romance languages, hands down. <laughs> yeah, every time. French, Spanish, Italian, Portuguese, anything before German. I've got a. I'm doing a German translation over the weekend for the University of Stuttgart into English. I do some. I don't promote the translation work. It's just something I do on the side that seems to come to me. But um, I've got a German translation to do. But uh, Phil doesn't know about my saying to uh, 178 passengers on the 737 when I was at British Airways. Vorschistig instead of Vorsichtig <laughs> when opening the overhead lockers. Yeah. So uh, that, was a, that was a classic. So uh, that's one of my that's my claim to fame when I first started learning German. You'll be pleased to know I've improved since then. So uh, there we go. So we've got a few people listening. Kate's listening and she says, hi, Helen. I'm saying hi to Kate. Um, and Brian Quinn, who was one of our guests, he says Batman. He and in all things bad. Well in, Bri. Okay. Okay. Um, um, is it you or me, son? Oh, it's me. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Library or museum? Um, Phil. I would go. Oh, that is very difficult. That is it. Oh, I'm gonna have to go. I'm gonna have to go museum because in a library you might come across something unusual, but in a museum you really do learn. You can't help but learn in a museum. But that's a tough choice. That's a very difficult choice. What about you, Sam? Library. When I was a child, I put cards in all my books, glued them in, 
and made me mum pay 20p to join my private library and get the books out. I was when I, I wanted to grow up and be a librarian. And when it was it, and I went to St. Austin's and they made me librarian and I got a badge and I was like the happiest person alive. And I had to sit on my own every dinner time in the library. And I loved it. And I was so happy. And I would just like that. And if someone once got a book, I got to use the stamp it. Oh. Brilliant. Library, hands down. Yeah, I'm going to go with Phil. Museum. You have to be quiet in a library. I know, which would have been a challenge, really. In <laughs> How delusional. But there we go. Go on, Sam. So that's that. Okay. So... Um, Liverpool or Everton, Phil? Uh, Brighton. Oh, Brighton? Have I cheated? Yeah, no. I'm a Brighton away fan. I'm a member of the I'm a member of the Scouse Seagulls. I'm not from Liverpool originally, and um, the Scouse Seagulls were formed in 1999. Me and my mate Dave, and we go to all the Northwest games away. So I've never been to see Brighton at home. I've never been to see them at the Annex in Brighton, but I've seen them at Anfield, Everton, good, you know, Manchester's. And a week on Saturday, first game we're going to is Burnley away. So I'm afraid the answer is Brighton. But Phil, where are you from? Love that. Where are you from? Brighton. Well, are you from Brighton? Long story. I'm from. No, no, I'm not. I'm from South London originally, but my mate, my this this is is this meant to be a really quick bit of the show? My mate, yeah, keep going. Twenty years Go ago, on. said, "Do you want to come? No, more than twenty. Do you want to come? Do you want to come with me to see Brighton play? They're playing Chester." And I went, "Yes, that would be a really good laugh and a really good day out." And we went to watch, and Ch Brighton were nearly relegated out of Division Two into the Vauxhall Conference. And for 20 years, we, we started to go and see Brighton away more and more and more. FA Cup um, uh, championship games and gradually Brighton have got promoted and promoted and promoted. So now we're in the premiership. It's actually a bit of a shock because we used to just turn up at Chester or Wrexham yeah. or Rochdale and you pay and just get in like when we were kids. Whereas yeah. now you've got a book in advance. You have to pay money and join and the pies and the pints are expensive. But. The answer to the question is not Liverpool, not Everton, but Brighton and Hove Albion Football Club. How cool is that? I used that to is live amazing. How random. I've lived in Brighton and South London, and Brighton have a very small ground indeed. So I support Liverpool. There's that one done. And Helen and I support Liverpool as well. But I love that, yeah. I love I love the Brighton thing, and, and I love I love the being like the Northern the Scouse Seagulls. I think that's an yeah. ace um, thing for you and your mate to do. Okay, I'm going to go last. Pogo stick or space hopper? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We've got a delay. Go on, Phil. Space hopper. Space hopper. Space hopper. Yeah. And space <laughs> and, and space hopper for me, because we all know the Pauline Connor and the cut head open story on the pogo stick in Lucan Road. So it's space hopper for me. What about you, Helen? <laughs> I would go space hopper as well. I was, and we did um, the race for life a couple of years. Um, we did Pretty Muddy, which was a cancer, um, you know, the cancer um, race for life. Well, they did a Pretty Muddy version of it. And um, you've been through all the mud of it. And then you had to space hop, like, for, for so long, which was just dead funny because we could oh, space I hop really cool when we were little. It's much, much harder as a grown-up to do space hopper. I love space hoppers. I think they're brilliant. Go on, Sam, last one. Um, my last one is lasagna or curry, Phil. It looks like it. Lasagna or curry? Lasagna. Lasagna. Mm -hmm. Better with red wine. Yeah, given that's true. Helen? Well, I got that totally wrong because I had Phil as a curry man there. Um, uh, so Michaela Doran's listening and she says lasagna every time. Um, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. I, I think I'd go lasagna. Yeah, lasagna. Lasagna, cool. Brilliant. That was very interesting today. Amazing. So now we know more a little, well, we know a little bit more about Phil. Are you going to introduce Phil, Sandra? I can do. All I right. I think then. you should. All right, then. So we picked Phil up 
of Penny Lane. We met Phil and Penny Lane. And um, Phil and I have got a lot in common because Phil used to teach full time, but doesn't now because he teaches part time and follows his other passion. And you teach modern languages in secondary school. And I used to teach modern languages in secondary school, the other side of the river. So um, although I had taught in Chilwell as well. So um you are coming to talk to us today all about fostering, which is your absolute passion, amongst other things, because you're just generally an all-round interesting chap. And as I explained to all the guests who come on, our show is about success in the city region, so in Merseyside, and about normal everyday people who are just doing so much good in our area, helping the community and inspiring others. So that's why you're here, because your dad's special. So, so before... Sorry, before Phil comes on, if anybody's listening and they want to ask any questions about fostering or, you know, may maybe, um, you know, they've always thought, oh, I can't do it because of this or I can do it because of yeah. this or whatever. Um, if you pop them in, we'll read them as we're going along. And um, Phil's an expert, so he can do he can answer them and, um, and everything like that. So we're going to hand it over to Phil and we are going to ask you to share a little bit of your story. And then Sandra and I will just button and we will ask you questions as you go along so introduce yourself and let us know all the amazing things that you do thank you very much well it's fantastic to talk about this because i really do like going on out fostering and to some extent i'm here by mistake um so we are mr and mrs normal me and my wife we live in we're off penny lane we've got a semi-detached house we got two birth kids, but we call them, you know, we call them the kids. We don't go birth kid, birth kid. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I was a teacher. My wife was working for the council. We got Pebble Dash. We got um, one of them kind of recycling bins um, for the compost. We had a couple of guinea pigs, you know, absolutely normal people in many ways. And then one day it felt a bit like it was out of the blue. My lovely wife said to me, have you ever thought about fostering? And I said, no. I haven't ever thought about fostering. And she said, well, would you like to go and find out? Because there's an uh, information evening run by the council, the other side of Sefton Park. And I went, is this like a date night? You know, like, is this, are you trying to take me out to a fostering event? And she went, yeah, it's like the worst date night you've ever been yeah. on. We're going. So we went along and you're gonna have to interrupt me because I'll go on forever. We went along to this hall, Sefton Community Park Hall, which is quite nice. We drank lukewarm coffee and tea. Uh, custard creams with the biscuits, which I thought was quite impressive. And a basic bunch of people there all looking a bit nervous. And I am almost always the loudest person in the room, okay, which you've probably already gathered, because Sandra wasn't there. If she'd have been there, we'd have had you know, a bit of competition and it would have been great. But anyway, anyway, this this first lady stands up to talk and she completely put me off because she, she was a social worker and I've since met loads of social workers and they're normally brilliant, but this lady kept using loads of terminology and I was a teacher at the time, yeah. but I'd never heard of, well, I don't think I'd heard of, she kept talking about lax and I just sort of put my hand up and went, you keep saying lack. And my wife's going, shut up, stop asking questions, you're making a shit. And I go, I wanna know, I wanna know. So she says lack stands for looked after child and I went oh, okay so the kids are called looked after children and anyway she gave me a look I gave her a look and that didn't go very well then the next person who spoke was was incredible but she put me off even more because she already was a foster carer and she was fostering teenagers and she said hi everybody it's great to see you great to talk to you I'm knackered I'm absolutely knackered because last night I was chasing a 15 year old with the police around Litherland and I was like what do you mean she goes this kid had done a runner who she was looking after she she got the police they tracked him down they got him back to her house wherever that was and while she'd been gone the other kid she was looking after had got her boyfriend round and he was a convicted drug dealer and he wasn't allowed to be not only in her house but in the whole that postcode so I'm thinking I am really glad that you look after these young people but I don't want to do that because I live in a semi-detached house with two little kids and a wife and I've got a job and I'm not going around Dylan or any other area looking for running up runaway teenagers. But I'm glad you do it. Big, you know, respect to you. Anyway, the third person, and yeah, I'm here, so we changed her mind to me. The person spoke, and she was a young woman, I'm gonna guess 20, don't know, not very old, 
and she'd been a looked after child. So she was an ex-lack, as they call it. I mean, right, what a horrible right. way to go through life. You're an ex-lack yeah. or a P-lack, a previously looked after child. You know, for goodness sake, she's a human being. And she just sort of looked at us, but most of in the crowd were 30s, 40s, 50s. So she's a lot younger. And she says something along these lines. It still makes me quite emotional. She says, if I said to you, you're coming with me now to my house, would you come? And everyone's going, what do you mean? She goes, yeah. You go, what, why would I go to your house? Or what if a person who was a grown up said you had to go to this person's house? What if you weren't allowed to take any of your things with you? You couldn't pack anything, couldn't take anything. And you suddenly arrived at this stranger's house. And the stranger tries to be nice to you or doesn't try and be nice to you. And you don't know what their names are. And you don't know how the, you don't know how the toilet works, or how the shower and the bath works. The smells are different. You don't know what the food is, the tea is. And then they, they, you go to bed in this strange house. And you haven't got your own stuff. And you think, is it safe here? Is the door, can I lock the door? How does it work? And, you know, and you're thinking, she said, basically, when you go into care, so you become a lack, looked after child, you randomly rock up at a stranger's house. Could you yeah. be that stranger that welcomes a child? And could you be, um, could you make that rubbish day better? So basically, yeah. could you make a rubbish day not as rubbish? And, and this really got me thinking because at about that time, and this is a little image that I'm sure most people have had, our five-year-old, and he's 17 now, so he's a big, he's bigger than me. Our five-year-old was going at a sleepover at his mate Dan's, and Dan lived all the way in Old Swan. So, you know, you're talking got to be files and so our son Jamie Alberton I said to him so this is a couple of days later and we were thinking about all this me and my wife and I said to Jamie right you're going to dance for your sleepover get everything you think you need for one night at Dan's house and I tell you my son Jamie emptied his bedroom and brought the whole lot of it out into the hallway we and I said what is all this and he went it's what I need to go to dance you know most kids have been on sleepover this wasn't to his nan or his mum or his aunties or whatever this was a this was a family friend and so Dan, Dan's house, he's got a football goal and all the rest of it. So Jamie says, I've got all my football strips, every one of them, because we're going to play football in the garden. I've got me Power Rangers, because we're going to have a Power Ranger battle. I've got my duvet, Star Wars, my, my pillowcase, R2-D2. I've got, um, what else did he have? I've got all the sweets my mum bought me from her, mum bought me from home and bargain. You could go to other sweet shops if you want. Then he had all his normal clothes in case he got dirty, which, to be quite frank, he never normally cares about. So we shove all this in our Vauxhall Zafira. Again, other cars are available. We drive all the way to Old Swan. See this image, can't you, in your head? It looked like he was going away to university, but instead of when he was only five. And we, we set off. And over there, he goes, oh, me and Dan, we've been planning what we're going to do. We're going to play football when we get there. Then um, Dan's mum has planned, you know, what does Jamie like for tea? So we're going to have, I think it was macaroni cheese. Then we're going to watch something like X Factor or something. And we're going to vote on the phone for who we like. And then we're going to go and play with our Power Rangers. Then we're going to build a den in Dan's room. And then we're going to eat our midnight sweets, you know. Then we're going to watch Match of the Day because we're allowed to stay up. And then, you know, all the usual stuff. But he planned it. He knew Dan from when they were babies because they're fa the family friends of ours. Dan's got two sisters that he knows well. Um, he knows, like, where the toilet is. He knows the mum and the dad. But when I dropped him off, um, you know, Saturday afternoon, you could still see he was a bit anxious, a little bit nervous. And he said to me, he goes, I will. And I said, you'll have a great time, won't you? And he goes, yeah. But if I do get scared, what, what do I do? And I go, well, if you do get scared, you just tell Dan's dad, Paul, to give me a ring and I'll come and get you. But you'll love it. You'll have a great time. Other than that, you have a great time. I'll see you tomorrow. I want to come and get you. And I just thought when I went home, I said to my wife, you know, the whole story. And she'd seen him go off in, his, in the car with all the stuff. And I thought, if you're going for one night with all your stuff to people that you know mm -hmm. and your dad could come and get you at any minute, You'd still be a little bit nervous. And then we thought, well, what is it like then for a kid who's three or four or five or ten who goes into care and ends up, you know, with strangers? And he might not or she might not have been able to take anything with them. And, and there's and no it. end to it necessarily. There's no, oh, yeah, tomorrow and, and your might come again or not. Exactly, Phil. And I was going to say, and just you're, you're painting a really clear, clear picture for people there and putting us in the child's shoes. And as a teacher previously, one of the things I remember is they'd say to me, 
um, Sandra, can you you need to stay because he's not going home tonight? And you're going, right, okay. And I have sat with a child till nine o'clock at night till the social in school till the so they got the McDonald's social workers came, took him, and he had nothing, not not said goodbye to a pet or anything, because something had come out in conversation in the day that had happened to him, safeguarding issue, reporter, okay, social services gone to spend the night in care and i have i have had so many kids that's happened to and their teacher at school and you think some of the teachers yeah. you had is that person they want to sit with them and whilst the social worker comes and takes them away and you know that's the flip side so i know they don't get to take a thing with them they're in the school uniform they haven't even got to change yeah. of clothes half the time you know so yeah thank yeah. you for painting yeah, we, that picture. that's exactly right so is that what led you to go ahead we, and give the kids arrive at home? Yeah. So well, this this is the funny thing is that we just me and my wife we were chatting about it. And if you're thinking about fostering, find out as much as you can. Chat to your partner. Chat to your family. And we just said, and this is a bit of a sort of rubbish conclusion. When why don't we apply to foster? Because only three things can happen. The council social workers might say actually you're not what we want you haven't got the capacity so you have to have a spare room you've got to be over 21 there's no top end top age you've got to pass a medical and you have to go through long training and assessment process because obviously they want to know who you are and it's possible that the council the social workers will go look at the moment this isn't right for you you've got um you know you've got a very busy lifestyle you've got this going on or that going on um or you haven't got any experience at all and they might say wait go go away and do a few things and then come back to us if you don't mind or and this is why because i do promote fostering for the council this is why i'm a really bad or good salesman if you apply you can also stop withdraw you you can say halfway through when you know more about it actually now i know more this isn't for me or something can happen in your life you know you might change jobs you might lose your job you might have a personal problem you can actually go I, I, we don't want to do this anymore or stop and pause and that happens quite often or you can go all the way through the process so you go they have, you have to find out they find out all about you is really really nosy do you know what i mean it's they they say you you're, we're filling in a form f and this social worker comes to your house i mean i think uh, during covid it was all online but they come to your house and they basically poke around your house they ask you lots of personal questions but they have to know you know they have to do obviously police checks but what are you like as a person and it's not whether you've got a levels or gcse's or o levels it's what are you like under stress so they want to know from your family from your friends um about you know what you are as a personality and there is there really isn't anyone that they'll go no straight away they want to know about you as a human being. Um, and then you you go on a bit of training. Um, so it's called a Form F. It's typically about 100 pages long. That's how detailed it is. Yeah. So they interviewed our children, for example. They wanted to know, you know do they understand about fostering? It, um, and who are you, who's, your net, who's your network of friends and family? So who's going to help you? So, and can we meet them as well? Because you don't want to do this on your own. Most of us raised, weren't we? We were raised in communities. We've yeah. got families, aunties, uncles, the neighbours, the street. And that's what they want to know. Have you got that little gang of people around you who can help you? So they, they wanted to meet those people. It is incredibly thorough. Um, much more than just going for a job. Much more than that. And eventually, you you all this paperwork goes to this panel of people and you, you have to go and sort of meet this panel of people and they decide whether you can foster and if you're my family so my wife says right we're going to panel don't be making any of your funny jokes just sit there and and just smile and answer the questions properly and then you get approved to foster and because we've got kids of our own the social worker said to us um her name was pam who took us through the whole process and there's there's normally just like one social worker takes you all the way through the process and she said right because you've got kids we recommend that you foster children younger than your own so you've got a like a birth order if that makes sense so by the time we've been through all this and applied our daughter was eight and our son was six um and we we got approved to foster a child who was i think one child who was somewhere between the ages of, of naught and five, something like that. And to mm -hmm. tell you the truth, we've only this this is always disappointing. We've only fostered seven kids because people always think, oh, is it hundreds and hundreds? And you go, no, no, it's seven. The sh the sh sorry, the, the shortest time 
if a child ever came to us was for four hours. Um, you just came for the afternoon. And the longest time is he's somewhere behind me in the house and he's been with us nearly eight years and he's with us forever. So uh, we never went into it thinking it would be forever, but it's worked for him and it's worked for us. And he's got a, you know, effectively he's got a family now. And if you can hear any shouting or swearing in the background, it won't be my wife. It'll probably be him. <laughs> so how long does the fostering process um, of the application and, um, you know, all the checks and everything, is, is there a, you know, how, how long does it yeah. take? It, it is about, I'm going to say it is about six months. Generally speaking, it can be a bit less. It can be a bit more um, for us because, so I'm a teacher. My wife was working part-time. Um, so I need to visit you several times to do each section of the report. So the first thing she did, she came onto our house and she looked all around it and said, yeah, your house is a regular family home. That's what we want. You need to have a spare room. You've got a little garden in the back. Brilliant. Um, you live near Sefton Park, Greenbank Park. You've got schools nearby. You've got the, the sports centre, Wavertree nearby. These are all great things for the kids to, to go to. You know, you, you've got a sweet shop on Penny Lane. This is a really easy way to, to take a kid to a shop who maybe has never been to one. You know, really basic yeah. stuff like that. So the first question, who are you? And how did you get to where you are now? So they want like a life story. So where are you from? Where did you grow up? And this is the thing that's quite interesting is believe it or not, I am quite ordinary, but I'm, I'm nearly as intelligent as Sandra. Okay, nearly. <laughs> I've got a, a, a levels, O levels. I've got a degree. I've got a master's, but none of that matters at all. It's like, what do you like as a person? So if you haven't got any qualifications at all, it does not matter one iota. It's what do you like as a person? So, for example, hard to believe, but I am already 50. And they said to me, how were you brought up? And I was brought up with a very simple system when I was a kid, which is you do what you're told. You do what you're told. Or there might be, there might be some consequences. And and my uh, but my mum and dad were really, really great. And my mum and dad moved into the house that I grew up in in 1975 and they still live in it. So I go back to my family home. I go back to the bedroom I slept in when I was a six yeah. year old. OK, so I've known this stability all my life and I wanted to share it. And I, and I said, look, I was brought up in the 70s, same as everybody else. It was like you do what you're told. And, but, but you had tons of freedom. And as long as you came back for your tea. Nobody cared. That's how it yeah. felt to me anyway. And, and 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 I did say though, but there were some people that you liked and respected more than others in, in school. And I remember I remember we had a teacher called Mr. Marshall, and he'd come out to the playground at the end of playtime and he'd go, line up. And that's all he had to say. But because we liked him, we all did what he said and we respected him. And he had clear boundaries and he was an honest man. And as much as he was, he was what you saw was what you got. And and so the social said, so what do you think about that? I said, well, as a teacher, I think that having a relationship with kids, if they know you, if they know that you're for them, um, if they, they know that you enjoy what you do, you get a better response from them. And this lady pound went, brilliant answer. Brilliant. So I know I want to share the stability I had. Now, my wife, a little bit different. She grew up in, um, she's from uh, Cheltenham originally. She has, uh, she's the oldest of four and everything was going on great. But then her mom and dad had a divorce. And her family home sort of disappeared. And so she didn't have anywhere. You know, like at Christmas, a lot of people still go back home to their mum and dad. Yeah. Her, her family home kind of disappeared, if you like. And so one of her motivations to foster was, well, I had stability. Then it went. And I know what that felt like. And I didn't like mm -hmm. it. And we've rebuilt with our kids and whatever. We've rebuilt a stable little family unit. And so I, I know what it's like to lose it. So I want to share it with any kid that needs that so if you like totally different motivations but they're mm -hmm. both totally legitimate and a lot of the people who foster sometimes they're religious they're Muslims, they're christians they're catholic whatever sometimes they're atheists doesn't matter sometimes they're married and boringly ordinary like us sometimes they're not they're single they're divorced they're gay they're straight it does not matter but you do have to go through this assessment process. And in fact, 
in spite of what I've said about my life being quite boringly ordinary, sometimes if you've had to cut, get over difficulties, so there's been maybe bereavements or struggles or uh, physical health, mental health, all those things can help you uh, become yeah. a good foster carer. So some of my very good friends have a gay, but you know, this is just a tiny story. And it's interesting because they're my age. So they grew up the same time as me. And because of their sexual orientation, they were made to feel ashamed when they were younger. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I like to think we've got better at that. We're not there yet, but we've got better. Because um. they knew what it was like to feel ashamed and have to hide who they were. They had this incredible ability to empathise with kids who were ashamed because they lost their families. But, you know, it's it, for many kids who are in care, they feel it. They feel a sense of shame because they haven't got what other kids have got. Um, so whoever you are, don't rule yourself out. Um, the oldest foster carer I've ever met was 78 and was an unbelievable, unbelievable lady. Um, so but there is no there's no top age either. Um, but, you, you know, you have to pass a medical. Um, but that basically is, you know, this, this is going to be too facetious, but you have to keep going to the hospital. And if you do, who's going to look after the kid? That's that's what they want to know. And you have to have a flexibility in your own lifestyle. So for me, I'm a teacher. So in the holidays, I could look after a kid easy. My wife works um, family friendly hours, flexi time. Um, she's part time. So she can if we have to take a kid to the doctors or to or whatever, we can manage that between us. And some foster carers don't have another job. They they only foster, get paid to foster. You're never going to be rich. Don't believe, do not believe some of the adverts you'll see about foster mm. carers earning thousands. It is a 24 hour, seven day a week, 365 days a year job. Um, mm -hmm. But we, we are all sorts. And if you met all the foster carers, occasionally we meet up um, for we have a big Christmas party and you would never guess what we got. Black, white, gay, straight, single, married, divorced and Brian fans. Actually, I think I'm the only Brian <laughs> fan I've met who's a foster carer. There must be someone. Somewhere, but I don't know. Right. I answered the question. I don't even know what the question was now. Yeah, no, but brilliant. I... But to um, draw attention there, Helen, have you noticed we've had some lovely comments there? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just looking at the comments. So Louise Jones, who's um, um, a lovely friend of ours, um, she says, a great subject to cover. So many children need lovely people to look after them. And our gorgeous Brian Quinn says, this guy's a legend. He's made me cry loads. Um, I think, you know, yeah, already, I know. Um, <laughs> When, when, when we're talking about fostering, there's different types of fostering, isn't there? Um, it's the short term and long term, and now you've got the little yeah. person and, and they're going to stay with you. Just explain a little bit about that for us of yeah. what people can actually sign well, up for, I'm, in effect. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a social worker, so I'll get some of this wrong, okay? But you can do short term, which is naught to two years, Okay. And then you can do long term, which is however long it takes. Then you can do respite, which is when or sometimes that's called part time. So I'll give you an example. Some friends of mine are respite foster care. So one weekend every month, a little boy comes to stay with them. I won't give you details because he can't. He lives at, he lives with his grandparents, but it's a little bit stressful. So he gets a weekend with this foster, these foster carers. And so his grandparents get a little bit of a breather and a little bit of headspace. And they get this little boy that they've known for maybe over a year now. So he comes up for a weekend. It's his treat. It's not like, oh, you're going in a spot. It's like, oh, this is the weekend when I go to them. And they take him here and they, you know, they go to the zoo, they go to museums, go to libraries, you know, go to all the stuff that most kids do normally. It's brilliant. So there's respite. There's also something called um, short break, which is a very specialist type of fostering that we've never done, where you look after a child that may have some sort of physical health issue. And so they would live normally with their mom and dad um, for whatever reason, yeah, um, the, the mom and dad need a break as well. So you, if, particularly if you're medically trained, that child might be under or or somewhere like that. And that child would come and stay for you with you at a weekend and you'd have you'd be trained in what to do if there's any medical issues. But, but if you're medically trained already, it's brilliant. Um, and, and, then, and then you get to know that family you know, because sometimes when you're like us, which is mainstream foster care, you don't necessarily meet the mom and dad. You, you, there's, you know, I've never met any of the parents. But I'm going to do a story in a minute that will make you cry. Um, 
never met any of the parents that we fostered. There's like a social worker between us and them. So there's all sorts of different types of fostering. And to plug it, if you go on the Liverpool City Council fostering website, you'll find lots of different foster carers. Some of us foster only teenagers um, because we love them and you get a certain sense of independence because teenagers are not all bad. One of my busy mates, Linda, fosters, she's got three girls and um, they were they arrived in this country as unaccompanied asylum seeking minors. So they arrived with no English. And um, I know now that they've got GCSEs, they've got A-levels, they're just, just and I've, I have met them, they're just unbelievable, these girls. Other people, my friends, Peter and Gaynor, they only foster babies. And people go, oh, that, that sounds nice, babies, but babies cry. Yeah. And, and they need their nappies changed. And they often have a lot of contact with their birth mum and dad. So you might be asked, you know, can you take this baby to this place so their mum can see them? And also the babies, not always, but very often go and get, get adopted. So emotionally, mm. some people find doing that quite difficult because we had one little boy who we fostered for, I might cry now, we fostered for about 15 months and then he got adopted. And it is oh, no. brutally it, it is it is brutally beautiful it is like yeah. a birthday and a, a funeral at the same time oh, but, oh. and if, if anyone's watching never say to a foster carer oh i couldn't do it because i'd get too attached and i would be upset when they go because because we do too and you can yeah. see even this is this story's years ago it still makes yeah. you go oh yeah you know but i know he's yeah. that little kid i know he's doing well so you go we help and do you keep kid. in contact Is, are you allowed to keep in contact with them or it depends it on depends. situations it depends but i'll tell you this yeah i'll tell you a story recently this is going to make me cry because i haven't processed it properly oh, so we right. have this little boy Ryan um, he lived with this <laughs> yeah he came <laughs> he came to us straight from school and he's from a local school. His mum got ill in the, in the daytime. Okay, so she went to hospital. Hospital rings social workers and go, we've got this mum here. We know she's got a 10-year-old. Mm -hmm. he, he's not going home. So you'll have to sort it out. And so social workers trying to find. She rings through the list of available care. She rings us and says, can you take a 10-year-old? He, We think he's from Eastern Europe, but we don't know. That's all we oh, knew. God. And we went... There's loads of questions there. What are we going to do? You know, what about tomorrow? What about next week? And we just went, there's a little boy who needs somewhere safe. That's us. We're safe. So we said, yes, we'll take him. This is what I mean about being flexible because you're thinking, what about tomorrow? What about next week? What about, who cares? Who knows? He needs someone to stay. This kid doesn't even know this has happened. He's mm. the social worker, goes to the school, rings up, rings the, the, the person in charge who looked after children. And this lad literally... The bell had gone. He was walking out of his lesson last day. Numeracy, it was last lesson of the day. And the head teacher and the special teacher for looked after children. And this social worker had to get him, bring him into an office. This is real life. You know, this is happening all over the city. And they say, your mum's ill. We don't will. We don't know where you can see her. We don't know that you want to know. We can't reassure him. You're going to be with family. And this little kid's like, who are, who are they? Do you know what I mean? So this head teacher has to convince this 10-year-old to get into a stranger's car, which, mm -hmm. you know, you, would you tell kids, never go with a stranger? And yeah. then you'll be told, get in this stranger's car. This social worker drives him 20 minutes from his school to our house, right? And Chip, I don't know what they talked about, because this social worker had never met us. So she couldn't say, oh, Phil and Helen are really nice. They've got two kids. She knew nothing about us. Anyway, this little boy arrives, this 10-year-old arrives in the uniform that he left for school in the morning. So if you've got a 10-year-old and you're listening to this, just think it's your 10-year-old, okay? Or, a you know, but this could be a five-year-old as well. And this 10-year-old arrives. He's got his school uniform on. He's got a knockoff Adidas bag because all the letters had peeled off. He got a jarg Adidas bag. In the bag was a pair of swimming trunks and a car care manual. But I don't know why, because, okay. because because he was Eastern European, I'd looked up on on YouTube the Russian for hello. So he came into our house, and I was mm. proud because that's the Russian for oh hiya. And he looked back at me and he went in a kind of Scouse Eastern European accent. Why are you speaking in Russian? I'm not Russian. I went oh. 
Sorry. <laughs> We've... Uh, don't lose us there, Phil. <laughs> uh, Hello. I'm like hanging on every word, and I think Phil's, Phil's just froze, and I think he's... Oh, my God. Louise has put a very tearful episode tonight, tears of joy and sadness all at the same time. And Michaela has put, my nan foster teen, sadly no longer with us. Some of my family are still in contact with some of the people who came into our family. And I watch Long Lost Families every week, Helen. Oh, I don't watch it, I can't, because I'd be an absolute... Oh, oh hang on, I think he's coming back in another... I'm going to remove that one. And let him in. And then I'm going to add this one, and hopefully this is going to work, because that was like an episode of EastEnders with the cliffhanger at the end. <laughs> when it goes, dum, 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 here's the next in the instalment. So, I'll tell you where we yeah. lost you, Finn. Oh, yeah. Brian, Brian You're Quinn, back. It's like a Bette Midler movie, laughing through my tears. <laughs> Comments we've got coming through are brilliant. So carry on. So the child, you spoke to him in Russian, and he said, why are you talking to me in Russian? I'm not Russian. Yeah. Go on. I'm not Russian. So it was a it was a bit like Teddy Houser that he was a mank. What are you doing this? It was basically went oh, all right, and I'm chatting about blue hoop. He's blue the red because I thought that's an easy question because you can't say to him you know how was your day what's tomorrow because he doesn't know any of those things he didn't know what was going yeah. on and and we me and my son and him we ended up playing FIFA and I can't yeah. tell you where he is from but he was wanting to be the country where he's from and um, we ended up playing FIFA all evening we had a great night and in the morning you know my wife was able to nip to to uh, Asda and get him a bunch of clothes and you know where that's all paid for but you know he hadn't got anything with him. And he lived with us for six months. And on one particular occasion, it was 2012, so it's a while ago, the Champions League was on and we were watching it. And it was when Chelsea beat Bayern Munich 1-0 on penalties. And Torres was in the Chelsea team. And I happened to have an old Torres top. And when he left us, I said to him, so he left us after about six months. No, more than that, I think. And we, wow. we had a goodbye meal in the... And I said, where do you want to go for your goodbye meal? Anywhere you want, any restaurant. And he went, I want to go to the McDonald's in the Dingle. And I went, of all the restaurants in Liverpool, you want to go to the Dingle McDonald's, which is a fine Mackey's. Don't get me wrong, but it just made me laugh. So we went to this Mackey's in Dingle and I gave him this top with Torres on the back. And it's a long story, but it happened to be a Chelsea top. Anyway, Chelsea were in the Champions League final this May. So we're talking nine years later. Hadn't heard from this kid for eight, nine years. Okay. And I had a picture of him with this top on with Torres. And I blacked out his face because I couldn't show it. And I put it on Instagram, this little story. It's going to make me cry. And I was going wow. to this little lad. Hope you're okay. You know, just like a out into the ether. Hope you're okay, mm. son. Don't know where you are. Anyway, he found me that night. And he went, I remember you. I remember watching Chelsea win the Champions League in 2012. And here we are again. You know, he said, here we are again, 2021. Chelsea have won it again. And so he sent me this message. And he I don't know how he found me, maybe because I'm just called Phil Watson, I think, or Fostering Phil or something on Instagram. Yeah. And he, he tracked me down. And he's 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 his mum's well. Yeah. His Amazing. Healthy. He lives with his mum, he lives with his grand and his granddad and his and his dog. And he, he's at university in the country where he's from. And and, uh -huh. and he's got he said I did really well in my English exams, but they said I had a funny accent. Because he, he spoke English with a Scouse accent. Oh, amazing. So we get, using, we get using Scouse slang. Yeah, it's a lovely story. That's um, amazing, isn't uh, it? It's the power of social media, isn't it? Honest. You know. Yeah. You know, social media's, you know, it's yeah, got it's, its, it can, it's got its bad things, bad, hasn't it? But, but it can also be great. Yeah, and that amazing. long families the other day, they had people who'd been in foster care together. And one oh. way, and she was like, but Look. they were all each other had, do you know what I mean? And so the, the relationship between the two foster children was so tight, yeah. and one lad got taken away, and it was and and they found each other, and it was like everything to them because it was the only thing they had from their childhood. Oh. Do you know? Yeah. So I can't be doing with this, okay, because my nickname is Tiny Tears anyway. Yeah. So I've got like Tiny Tears as the nickname, and then I have got like a couple of little tears going on there because it it's just like 
the emotion that that creates and the yeah. impact that you've had on that little person oh, God, you know for yeah. six oh he's gone yeah. again um, for goodness the, sake um, i think he, he might be a normal family they need a broadband upgrade in penny lane okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm traumatic but amazing at least we got the end of the story this time and the council website for fostering is going to crash after this <laughs> he's coming back in he's coming back in in a minute that. So and Brian I, Quinn says just awesome. Yeah, he's coming back in. Yeah. And uh, Louise Reese Jones has said such an amazing story as well. Yeah, so you're very popular tonight, Phil. And it's like as if we're doing it serialized as well. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. There must be something about Penny Lane. But every foster carer you meet will have stories like this, and they'll all They'll have they'll have challenging stories as well. So I I I've got I'll give you one of what it, what could be difficult is we had this little man um, and he was very very stressed, very anxious. He was really pushing the boundaries, and um, what he was doing um, he would make up a reason why he wanted to be with you, and he said on this all week he says I need an iPhone ten, and uh, we went what an iPhone ten phone? He went yeah I need one, got to have one now. And we were like, well, you know, they're very expensive. You're only six. You can't have one. And he went on and on about it. And bearing in mind, you know, this, is, this had happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. By about midnight on Friday night, midnight, okay? So we'd had all since he come on from school. So we'd had seven or eight hours of this. I said, got an idea. Why don't we go to Cash Converter? See if they've got an iPhone 10. And my wife had gone to bed and I was taking this shift, if you like. And we walked from where we live to the cash converter. And I went the longest route possible because I knew that, because I learned it on a course, that his adrenaline would be high. And by walking, you would get the adrenaline out of his body. We get to cash converter at about one in the morning. And of course, it's shut with the shutters down. And I went, oh, no, it's shut. And he went, oh, oh, no, you know, that was such a good idea. What are we going to do? And I went, I've got another idea. Why don't we go home and make an iPhone 10? We've got... We can print out a picture from, you know, Google. Then we can get car recycling bin, pizza boxes. And we can make one. Yeah, good idea. So we walked back. Took another 45 minutes to do this little walk. Got home, printed it all out, stuck it together, sellotaped it together. It's like three in the morning by now. And I went, there we go. We've got a phone. And he went, yeah, okay. And he, and he went to bed. And then the next day, he was invited to a party because we always looking for what has made him so anxious. Yeah, and yeah. we thought, because we were new to this party was a great thing, but it worried him. And when I took him to the party, he was gripping this iPhone 10 in his hand. And when I took him and he, and I realized, I said, you know, you, have, you asked the question, I wonder why you're worried. That's how you train to do it as a foster carer. You're trained to ask, yeah. what is it? What is going on behind this kid's, anger mm -hmm. this kid's fear this kid's happy what is behind it anyway what was worrying him was where was the toilet at the party would he like the food would there be strangers there and there would be because it's a party but once i took him in and once i got him settled and he saw his friends from school absolutely fine but we'd had it you know that night before if i hadn't been trained if i didn't know what i was doing i'd have gone you can't have an iphone 10 you need to go to bed yeah you know and actually what he needed was me to be as close to him as possible because that little boy i remember one day he put his every morning when we got him ready for school he'd always get me and my wife to put his shoes on you know help him even though he could do it himself and then one day they're only velcro it wasn't difficult do you know what i mean then one day he did it himself and then the next day and i said to my wife have you noticed and she went yeah i've noticed he's putting his shoes on himself and what he was Leaving the house is scary, isn't it? Even when you're yeah. with your mum and dad, it's a scary thing to go to school. Yeah. So mums and dads often give a hug or a kiss. Well, he, he didn't do that. He created his own routine, which was yeah. be close to me, help put my shoes on, and then I'd be ready to go. And him putting his shoes on himself was a sign of, you know what, forget about GCSEs and A-levels and all that. This kid is becoming more independent. He's yeah. feeling that our house is safe. He'll leave. Yeah. And he'll come back. He, uh, again, another thing, he used to always take something with him. We'd give him something to say, keep this special. When you see me again, you give it back to me. And it was a little trick 
lots of foster carers do it and go you you will come back to me i will not let you down you are safe in our house and it is your yeah. house too you yeah. know, for our little man who's been this it's he your could home listen to you all night you honestly you I just couldn't because i need a box of tissues but i only got so long left though <laughs> what an amazing what we can do phil is we're going to put i'm going to put the link to the page for the uh, council fostering etc on our success in the city page okay and any less um let's just crack on because honestly we we're just you're just mesmerizing we could have you on for like three hours no bother what an amazing guest you've been helen give us your red face for this week because i'm dying to hear it okay so i didn't tell you this last week so um my red face was um i went to park run on saturday and um park run is not on in um croxton's park um, until the 21st of August. So I went to Stadmoors in Wistony, somewhere like that. Um, Prescott, I think it is, wherever. So I went there. Anyway, they don't have toilet facilities there. Okay. So no, I did park. No, I didn't do a Paula Radcliffe. Okay. I took it. So the dog comes with me, and, and you know, the dog and I run together. And um, I got to the end, and I thought, God, I'm dying for a way. I thought, I'm never going to make it home. I'll go and have a wild way. So I went, up, went in the bushes for a wild way, put my foot on this like stick thing, my foot fell like that, and a weed on my shoe. So I then had to just go over, I was going to meet Margie and say hello to her, and I just had to check and say, mate, I had to go because I needed a wee, but I didn't have a weed on my shoe. That's so what happened to me when I weed one time, I had to have a wild way, as you put it, which is a good way of saying it, in a bush in Mulvama. And then I screamed as this guy who was obviously training for the army in camouflage had a big backpack on and was the other side of the bush. And I was like, ah! <laughs> was so well, he was good in his camouflage if you didn't see him. I was, and he, didn't, he, was, he wasn't even apologetic. He was just like carrying on. <laughs> that was awful. That's why when we talked about going up Kilimanjaro, which we are doing, it's just being postponed because of the fiasco that's yep. gone. um my first concern was toilet facilities anyway okay anyway we've got three minutes left okay and grown-ups a quick shout out to grown-ups because i really want phil to do his top tip but okay. shout out to grown-ups first go on quick okay my shout out to grown-ups is for my... an hour for others sorry phil it's an hour for others and what they've done because they've just been amazing with these kids that they're doing all these activities all summer long Go on, Phil, over to you. What's your shout-out? Yeah, my, my shout-out would be to all my fellow foster carers and adopters as well who are doing a great job because COVID has not been kind to us. Yeah. And uh, I know the summer can seem very long, but you'll get there. You'll be okay. Brilliant. Amazing. Oh. Brilliant. And before we came on here, we were talking about um, skill shares and top tips and things like that. And Phil's got an amazing top tip. Um, that he's going to share. So this is a bit of a skill share, a yeah, bit of a positive challenge. I think it merges into um, to both. So um, share that with us, Phil. Yeah, one thing I've learned with my family is always eat at a table, whether there's mm. just me and the wife or your kids, your partner, however many there are, make your table bigger if you need to. Eat at a table, you'll learn more. I'm a, I know I'm a teacher, so Sandra, you learn more yeah. at a table about life and how to get on in life than you will in any other environment. Always eat at a table. Yeah. And what was your other bit tip to go with that? What are you not allowed to have at the table? Phones. No screens at the table. Yeah. yeah. So so sit at a table and no screen. And also, when you eat at a table, you do sit better and your digestive, it's easier to digest the food and you're more appreciative of the food you have rather than because you're more mindful of what you're eating and not of looking at the telly. And yeah. we all, we, oh, sorry, go on, Hal. I was going to say, we always had to eat at the table until neighbours started. And when neighbours started, like years ago, we were like, oh, can we sit and have it on our knee watching the telly? And my mum was like, no, you can't. Um, anyway, then we, we just, so we were allowed to then every now and again. But most of the time we sit at the table. I know. Oh, no, I think it's really important. And we always used to say, right, what was your best bit today? What funny thing happened today? And it just opens conversation as well. And you had a positive challenge as well, didn't you, Phil? What was your positive challenge? Were you going to say about? Oh, remind fostering? me. What did I? About just checking yeah, well, out the fostering. Yeah, if 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 you think if you've ever considered fostering, don't rule yourself out. Get on the council website, find out about it, and then ring them up. 
I know that a lot of the socials ring them up. If you can't do it, fine, but find out, you know, don't rule yourself out because, you know, you could make a difference to a kid. There's 1,540 kids in care in Liverpool. They all need somewhere safe to live. It could be your house. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, you've just been amazing. Yeah. amazing, absolutely blown away. And we knew when we met you that you were going to be amazing. We didn't think you were going to be this good. Um, so, yeah. Um, Brian Quinn says <laughs> the best guest ever, and he does little clappy hands like that. Um, and you're going to give us a closing quote, Phil. We've got 10 seconds. Um, and your yeah. closing quote was... Foster carers make a difference. Think about becoming one. Brilliant. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you very much. All and we'll right. see you all next week.